Wow. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hey, and welcome to They Came to Play for another week where there was absolutely no sport whatsoever. Hello, Danny McGinley. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Hello, Limo. Hi, Danny. Hey, everyone. What a huge weekend of uncertain future. Isn't it just awesome? <laughs> it really is. Hey, Danny, can we start with you? Uh, what's going on at sure. your football club, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're just having a couple of beers, uh, going around, seeing, meeting Bailey's girlfriend's parents, uh, right. just having a nice time. <laughs> yeah. Just a quiet you know. night. <laughs> it really yeah. is the sort of uh, it's the sort of scandal that would have uh, you know got a got a bit of uh, heat uh, during the AFL season, but uh, because there is absolutely nothing else on, this is now as big as Sandpaper Gate. Uh, yeah, I know he's really done it at the wrong time, hasn't he? I mean, if yeah. we know anything from Buddy Franklin, it's that you do not drive your car into four park cars. <laughs> What are these players Lemo's claiming that even even this was done by the Hawks first. <laughs> well, Buddy was at Sydney when he did it, so I can't. Really... That's all right then. Okay. So it doesn't have anything. Don't smear the good name of Hawthorne. It's funny because Lockie Hunter obviously was very big news and all of that, and then later on that afternoon came a press conference, press release from Adelaide saying, "Oh, just by the way." One of our players did a very similar thing last week, but we're just deciding to tell you about it right now. So you, thought, Tess, why did they sit on that for a week? <laughs> well, <laughs> no one asked. So, like, he didn't smash into four cars, so no one knew about it. So I don't think Adelaide, surely Adelaide were never going to say until they thought, oh, well, it'll look, surely it's a good time to bring out mm. a police when a more famous player in Melbourne have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I was it thinking is, like, what happens when sport goes away. Like there's two drink driving incidents in a week because the players don't know what to do. Djokovic is an anti-vaxxer, which is very controversial, and that my coach, Damien Hardwick, is doing TikTok dances. So bring that <laughs> footy. Please help me, God. People really are starting to lose their minds. <laughs> it, it. I do like the just going back to the Crows uh, statement. It was still, although you know they they hid the crime and everything from everybody. Uh, it was better than the Bulldog statement, which if if anyone read, it was uh, it was quite like Yes Minister or Utopia, depending on your age. Uh, it was a statement that said, "We will be making a statement." Press <laughs> <laughs> conference to let people know that there will be an upcoming press conference. The AFL did something similar this week, which was that they put out a statement to say that Gillan McLaughlin would be speaking and Gillan McLaughlin spoke to say that he will speak at the end of the month about when football will come back. I once had a conversation with someone at the ABC who was on their way to a meeting to discuss the fact that they were having too many meetings. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lima, as the star of Utopia, do you just feel <laughs> responsible for all this? Uh, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we started something. Uh, <laughs> we started. Uh, well and truly had a life of its own before Utopia came along. Uh, inefficiency in uh, and double speak has been around for a long time uh, and we're seeing it um, here when there's no sport. So, as you say, we all get fully focused on these incidents like this one. I, this is how hard it's hit me, the only sport I can find, well, I can find two things. One, I've started watching the Michael Jordan documentary, which I'll talk about shortly. Mm. Um, but the other one is the closest thing I can find to sport on television is RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, <laughs> it is a weekly contest between drag queens. We're currently in season 13. Uh, so Gigi Good is uh, doing a wonderful job at the moment. My favourite, I choose them by the names. That's what people do. As well you should. When you've got no idea what's going on, this is like I'm the same at the races. I choose by the names of the horses. Yeah. Uh, so I'm currently barking for Crystal Method. Uh, <laughs> and she is still in it. Crystal Method is uh, a lot of people wrote Crystal Method off early, um, but some of her outfits have uh, been fantastic. The singing's good, she's funny, uh, the dancing's not bad. So I'm Did hanging she get a draw? What's that? Did she get a good barrier draw? A good barrier draw. Uh, yeah, yeah, she got a good barrier draw. Uh, you know, uh, AOC likes her. Uh, what, uh, what's her name? The oh, Alexandra Cortez. Yes, she is one of the guest judges. Yeah, oh, awesome. Uh, along with uh, Nicki Minaj. So that's where I'm at. I'm watching <laughs> season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. My version of that, of course, is the Great Australian and the Great British Bake Off. And there's also a Great New Zealand Bake Off, which I highly recommend because they're less uh, extravagant with their baking but have better accents. And so it is a bit of fun. And someone had to go oh, no. and bake with thickness, which was very controversial because she <laughs> hadn't baked very well that day. And then she was all like, oh, I feel so unwell. I can't possibly go on. So they let her go away from the bake, but they didn't eliminate her because it would have been unfair because she was sick. Anyway, spoiler alert, who came good, came back, won the whole competition. But what if she'd been voted out that week where she faked the city? See, this is the sort of drama test you normally get out of sport, yes. but take-off is replacing it beautifully. It's like Ross Lyon resting players before the grand final. It's like she yes. was rested and then brought back for the competition. It's really controversial. She was diving, mate. She yeah. dived. Don't talk about news for you folks. I have great news if you are missing sport because one very big sport in the United Kingdom is back. Oh, what? No, soccer's not back. Uh, Soccer's not back. No, rugby's not. Rugby's not back. No, what? You got to make the audience drunker. Dennis Wimbledon's been cancelled. Make the audience drunker. Uh, uh, Wrestling, uh, wrestling. Ah, yeah, I know what it is. Drunk. Darts. Darts. Darts is back. The professional darts corp- uh, corporation. They are now because you can play at home. So you're oh. getting uh, two players. Uh, they've they've set up cameras and their dart boards at home, and an umpire watches both feeds and decides the scores. And already, it's been very controversial because two-time world champion Gary Anderson has had to withdraw from the PDC Darts Home Tour 
because his Wi-Fi is weak. (laughs) (laughs) With Wi-Fi. That is so dramatic. What a great opportunity for someone like their equivalent of Telstra, BT, BT Telecom, British Telecom, is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Step in as the sponsor, the new sponsor of the event. Surely. I've been watching a lot of Bond films and a lot of spy things, but surely it's possible so that when, that you could hack the system, so you could always show your vision getting a bullseye. Like you could show back to you and then you would have already recorded it earlier and then been playing. Yeah, I've wondered about that as well, Tess, because I've look, I've watched a couple of the the feeds, and it's just a close up tight shot of the board. So they could be doing it from twenty centimeters away. That's so oh, yeah, right. Although I love darts, yeah, so I'm in. Our favourite darts player as Australians would be the wizard from Oz, uh, Simon Whitlock. You would have seen him yeah. if you've ever watched darts. Yeah. He's got the big beard. Uh, yeah. Of course, he can't play because we've got the shitty NBN. Yeah. <laughs> It's just not going to work. There's no way we could hold a competition online in this country. (laughs) Nah. Nah. It's just anti-wizard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the classic, you'd lose the picture just as the dart's about to go on the board. No. (laughs) (laughs) It'd just ruin it for everyone. Hey, Tess, you said you've been watching a lot of Bond films. I have. I watched them all the way from the beginning to up up until the end in preparation for seeing, of course, No Time to Die, but then... Corona happened, and so you know. Yes, yes, not a good title for a film in the middle of a no time to play. That's right. No it's a real time. <laughs> hey, now, Tess, what's the film with Pierce Brosnan from about twenty years ago that also had "Die" in the title? Die another day. Die another day. Does he escape from North Korea in that? I'm pretty sure he's in invisible that They've got the say, the different face, I'm pretty sure. You know how the guy comes back and he was a North Korean man, but now he's an Englishman? Oh, yes. I can vouch this is that is true. Tess, you have the right film there. That is Die Another Day. That, that is, is Die Another, another Day. Because the reason I ask is because I suspect Kim Jong-un's surgeon is looking for <laughs> ways to get out of North Korea. <laughs> So, yeah, I've just seen headlines, Limo. What is the latest? You're, you're our North Korean correspondent. What's going on, Leems? Uh, he had an operation uh, due to general fatness. Uh, he required oh. an operation. Terrible diet, smoked too much, and was and is obese. Oh. Uh, he had cardiovascular issues. He went in for an operation. There were complications, and now there are grave concerns for his health. Now, that's... That's one version of the story. What I think happened is The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls documentary dropped on Netflix last night. I reckon he saw it and had a heart attack when he realised that Dennis Rodman wasn't the star of the team. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Rodman had convinced him that he was the star of the team, Kim Jong-un, because he has no internet, couldn't check it. He ate it out with a spoon uh, and then watched Netflix last night and was bitterly disappointed to find that it's actually Michael Jordan to start the team. Uh, I believe Dennis Rodman is flying to North Korea as we speak and there's an excellent chance that he'll be named as the next supreme leader of that country. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be a fantastic wiki entry, wouldn't it? Like, have you done like a vague, like a minus lab? Sport person, chairman of North Korea. Like, what a yes. blow up. Um, so, 
Yeah, he's in a bit of trouble, old Kim Yong. Ah. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with him. We'll never know, by the way. If he if he dies, we just won't know about it. All right. Well, we will eventually because remember when his dad, Kim Yong, ill? Ill. Ill, yeah. Yeah. Was, in the end, ill by name, ill by nature. <laughs> can you remember? The- yeah, when he died, do you remember there was like the three stooges trying to get through a door of every comedian trying to make that joke? Well, I guess he was ill. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Well, it's a bit like this one I've enjoyed on Twitter today, people extending Kim Jong-un. So Kim Jong unhappy with his surgeon. Kim Jong. Nice. <laughs> Kim Jong. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember now. But Kim, Kim Jong unresponsive. Yeah, Kim Jong unresponsive. There's heaps of them. Um, but uh, he... Uh, That's but- interesting, Kim Jong-un getting off because uh, one thing that I was going to talk about, folks, is uh, the betting companies and what you can bet on now that there's no sport. Oh, yeah, what and one of, the th- one of the things I found was a reunified Korea by 2023. And I thought that was a ridiculous thing to bet on, but maybe that sports betting company oh. knew something we didn't. That was mid last week I looked that up. Interesting, yes. They've got some little huge ground in North Korea giving the feeding them information. Do you guys want to know what the biggest uh, betting market in the world is? Oh, first of all, let me just tell you a couple of other things I looked up. Um, one of the things you could bet on is the next Pope, who it's going to be. Now, I've got no idea about those Cardinals, but so I had a, I had a little bit of a flutter on the next Pope name because you can bet on that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Currently, the favourite is Francis II, Frank- uh, just following in uh, Frankie's footsteps. Yeah. We've also You can also go... Pope Stephen is quite popular. Pope John Paul III. What, what do you guys reckon for next Pope? Um, well, I like I like Pope Bruce. I thought I think this more. <laughs> I like Pope Dusty. Ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> oh, in that case, Pope Hodgie. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I put my money on, and uh, it's not a bulldogs player, but uh, I have got uh, some sweet coin on coin on uh, Pope Waleed. <laughs> Waleed, uh, yeah, Pope, Pope Osama. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the big thing that's betting at the moment is reality TV. According to a source of mine at one of the betting companies, MasterChef last week had more bets on it than entire AFL rounds last year. What? What are people- Everyone is going nuts on. I guess uh, who's going to get eliminated, who's going to win, those sorts of things. Like, I found out. Uh, go, Tess. No, no, no. I was going to say who's going to burn stuff. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently last year when the Honey Badger didn't give his rose to anyone in the Bachelor finale. I remember that like it was yesterday. They had to refund all the bets and it cost uh, a certain betting agency half a million dollars. Oh, what are people doing? Stop and it was going straight into spring racing carnival, so it, it they'd almost sent them under. People, stop betting on television, whoever you are. You oh. Do you want a good story about that, by the way? Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Uh, uh, so another thing you can bet on is the colour of ScoMo's tie in the next press conference, oh. uh, you know, blue or red or whatever. 
There was a big market about this in 2016 during the election about what colour tie Laurie Oakes would wear. And he, on, on the night, on Australia Decides on Channel 9, what colour tie would he wear? Laurie Oakes got wind of this and changed ties every hour. Oh, great. I love it. Ah. Good Laurie. And they paid out on every single tie that people bet on. <laughs> you idiots. Uh, time person of the year is another thing you can bet on. Uh, currently in the lead is a conglomerate of all the health workers of the world. Oh, yes. Uh, they, they, they like that. Um, the White House Corona Task Force leader, Dr. Anthony Fauci, coming second. Yeah. Third is Dr. Lee Wenliang, who discovered the virus. He's since gone to God. Yeah. Uh, Greta Thunberg's, of course, in the race. I, I looked right down the list. Australia's best bet. Does anyone want to guess? Uh, it's got to be Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, good guess, not right, uh, Tess. Sorry, what's the category? I think I'm... Time, Time Magazine Person of the Year. Yeah, the New South Wales Fire Chief guy. Oh, yeah, nice. Good guess. Wrong. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Expect. Connected to the bushfires? Not connected to bushfires, uh, no. Solid. Okay. Uh, connected to the coronavirus? Uh, not can oh, sort of. It's it's a it's a leadership one. I'll tell you, Australia's best bet is actually Jacinda Ardern. Um, <laughs> now you may say she's Kiwi, but international law stipulates if a yeah. New Zealander wins any big award, they become Australian. Of course, if they're widely liked, they're our Aussie Jacinda. Yeah. And the final thing on on uh, betting, the g- biggest betting market in the world right now to, uh, is. Who will be cast as Joe Exotic in the inevitable Tiger King movie? Oh, right. Is Spade currently the favourite? He is the favourite, which I think is a ridiculous idea, just because he played Joe Dirt, yeah, who sort of looks yeah. like him. He's not a, not that great an actor. Billy Bob Thornton is second, but I think he's too old. Edward Norton coming third. He's my pick. Oh. I still think, oh, actually, Ed Norton might. I'm going yeah. with um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, please. <laughs> yeah, he'd be good. Anyone. Christian Bale would be good. Who? Uh, Christian Bale. Oh, Christian Bale would be great. I reckon uh, my money's on Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting that. Do you know, Limo, who Australia's best bet is in that? I went down through it all. There's only one Australian actor on the list. Margot Robbie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, look, she'd make a great Joe Exotic. I really think she'd I think she'd be really good, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Underrated. I think she would. You know where we're not seeing enough Australians is I've been watching this Michael Jordan documentary. So it's called The Last Dance and there's 10 episodes. Netflix dropped two episodes last night. They're doing that for five weeks of dropping two episodes every Sunday. Uh, Luke Longley, nothing so far. Um, Really disappointing. But... If you haven't, if you're not familiar with what it's about, it follows their 97 98 season in the lead up to them winning championship number six. And um, I can tell it's look, it's the first Michael Jordan documentary I've seen uh, probably since Space Jam. Actually, it was the last <laughs> Jordan doco that I've seen. But already for me, I reckon I'm going to put it up. It's definitely my top three sporting documentaries of all time. Already. Wow, already? Yeah. What I re- is that, Leams? Coming at number three. Number one is OJ Made in America. Just amazing. <laughs> that documentary. Uh, and the second one is ESPN's 30 for 30 on the Poo Jogger. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a kid. There were just two things he loved as a kid. <laughs> 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 Guess what? 
<laughs> poo and jogging. Ah, oh, right. Oh, what a twist. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You don't need to have a Did you see the, the very real um, reaction uh, story that Chris Anstey put up on Facebook about the one game he played against Michael Jordan? No. Uh, no. He put he he wrote like a it's like a, a big essay. I was going to say like a three page thing, but it's it's a it's a long uh, blow by blow account of the day he played against Michael Jordan. It is an absolute cracking read. Get on Chris Ansey's page on Facebook and have a read of that. You will get goosebumps. Oh, fantastic! All right, yeah. I did. I read an interesting thing today saying if Michael Jordan's one of those people. If you've only met him once for ten seconds, you've got a Michael Jordan story. Like that's you only have needed to spend that much time with him to have your own dinner party Michael Jordan story. Yeah, he's that big. The more time people spend with him, is Um, does the documentary sort of point out that he's very competitive, and that's a nice way of saying a bit of a dick. Uh, yeah, yeah. That okay, cool, cool. Started to come through, and uh, hard though because imagine. Couple of the most interesting bits from the first two episodes. The second episode really focuses on Scotty Pippen, and in 1991, Scotty Pippen signed a seven-year deal for 18 million dollars. Right, oh. and I went, "Wow, that's some good, some good coin." Uh, then <laughs> the very next thing they said is it's one of the great ripoffs in the history of the NBA. They reckon that deal should have been closer to 100 million. Yeah, they signed a seven-year deal. And do you reckon he thinks about that every day? Yep, he sure does. Oh. <laughs> uh, so when in, in that final season, he was the 122nd highest paid player in the league. Oh, oh, wow. Jordan was number one and Pippen was arguably the second best player in the league, but the 122nd on pay. And, um, and my favourite bit, though, imagine this in an AFL context. So Phil Jackson, the coach, wins five championships in seven years, right? You think that's pretty good. The general manager was trying to sack him. What did they get rid of him? <laughs> now we need to regenerate and start fresh. I want to get rid of him. Right? Can you imagine winning five flags in seven years? And then the, the, like, well, the, the Clarko in twenty sixteen. Now, yeah, exactly. Go on. Yeah, he almost got away with it too, and it wouldn't if it wasn't for those meddling. Fans and grand finals and premierships. Yes. Um, Limo, talk about Sam Bowie. Now, uh, Tess, do you know who Sam Bowie is? No. Sam Bowie is the guy who got picked in the draft before, in the pick before Michael Jordan. Yes. Uh-huh. So there's the number one pick who went on to have a pretty good career. Was a, That's a Hakeem Elijah one. Yeah, it was an MVP a few years later. But this guy who went at pick number two, Jordan went at three. Um, yeah, he uh, he did not have a great career. I think he had injury issues, and the Jordan thing was just hanging over his head the whole time. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like uh, you know Jack Watts. I mean, I'd love to know. I'd love to know whether he would have been any good if he went at pick twelve. Yeah, it's one of the great mysteries. Is if you if you got your time again, yeah, and you weren't cursed with expectation, would you do amazing things? Probably. I mean, think about Dusty. He didn't even, like, he's not even coming, he's not even in the same conversation as everyone else. And Dangerfield too. It's like. like yeah, James Hurd. Yeah. Chris Grant. Yeah. Mm. Like, you get to develop in your own time and in your own way and therefore be the best. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, old mate Bowie. What's his name again, Danny? Uh, Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie, yeah. <laughs> Went to, but also, you got to love the list manager. At, it was the Portland Trailblazers who, yeah. who, who stuffed up that choice. And uh, that list manager, we should know his name or yeah. her name. He, famous forever, that person. Yeah. I'm going to Google it right now. Uh, still, you, you can just imagine them like you're on a flight with them and the, 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 the steward comes over and goes, would you like the chicken or the fish? And, they, and just whatever they choose, you go the opposite. <laughs> uh, the list. Uh, uh, so kind of they're, they're making the – so it's really down to the general manager they're saying here. Yeah, that's that seems right. They got a whole different structure of sports clubs over there. Like, yeah, Brad Pitt was in charge of the list in Moneyball, but he was oh, he wasn't called the team. So the guy's name is Stu Inman. Mm. Inman. S T U Stu Inman. It's a good name <laughs> to know that one. Stu. Uh, no longer with us, Stu Inman. Oh, may he rest in peace. And be spoken about on this podcast. Oh, wow. He was very old when he was at uh, Oh, Oh, really? Yes. Anyway, there you go. Stu, we should should get an award for, like, the worst decision made uh, in footy in a year and just call it the Stu Inman Award. Oh, yeah. It says here on his Wikipedia page, Inman is probably best known for being the general manager who selected... Sam Bowie with the number two selection ahead of Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan. Because <laughs> uh, the Blazers, and he did, the reason he didn't pick Jordan is the Blazers already had shooting guards Clyde Drexler and Jim Paxson. Oh, well, those guys didn't want to <laughs> They were in need of a centre, which was Sam Bowie. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you pretty much need to cure cancer after that. Otherwise, you're always going to be known as the guy who didn't choose Jordan. You are screwed for it. So, um, so there it is, guys. That That's another week in sport as far as I can tell. <laughs> I got myself a great T-shirt this week, which um, has Dustin Martin fending someone else off and it says social distancing. Uh, I did see that on social nice. media. It's good, very good gear. On the internet, which has really been a, a win, and the AFLW awards came out. Congrats to Jazzy Garner. She was the um, the Players Association MVP. The Brownlow of AFLW, which still doesn't have a name, is yet to be revealed. Well, it's because they can't call it the Aaron Phillips Award while she's still playing. True, yeah. receiving it. <laughs> I thought that's what they're aiming for, aren't they? Surely. What? Surely. surely that's what they're doing, yeah. Surely they should name it after her. Yeah, she's the best, it, surely. But anyway, they haven't announced a date for it yet or whether it'll be online or where it'll be. Um, she's unlikely to win it this year because she only played a few games back from injury. So Jazzy Garner's, like, likely to win it. So they could call it the Erin Phillips right now, unless she goes again. Who knows? No, she'll go again. She'll, she'll play go again. Again. She will. She'll go again yeah. forever. Um, have you guys seen any good lists this week? We've been talking about all the, oh. the lists. <laughs> Tess, bring it home for us because as soon as I have a seal list, I have a visceral response to it and I can't I can't read on. I've got to stop. This one, I do understand why they're doing it, but it does make you realise that footy media desperately needs actual football to be back. This is the top five, round five, rising star nominees. Oh, my God. <laughs> five, round five, rising star nominees of all time, who's the greatest? 
So, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you. You can go and find out yourselves. But... <laughs> oh, thanks, Tess. <laughs> I would have been furious if you'd spoiled that. <laughs> we just, I mean, if I have to see Damien Hardwick half-ass a TikTok dance again, like we desperately need football to come back into our lives. But when it yeah. Oh, yeah. Do so. uh, the lists are getting very desperate. If you see a bad one, please let us know. On the socials, uh, I'm uh, at Lemo23, or at Lemo15 on Instagram. Uh, Danny? Yes, uh, at uh, Danny.McGinley on Instagram, at Danny McGinley on Twitter. Of course, we have the They Came to Play uh, uh, at TCTP pod on Twitter, and we have a Facebook page. And I should point out, we have a Patreon, and can we just get a massive cheer? We got our first patron. His name is Tim Wilson. On you, Timmy. We should send a prize. Uh, Limo, do you have a copy of your book or something? Or I could send him a DVD of my stand-up. But uh, yeah, I get, I'll, I'll arrange a book for him. Done. And I'll get uh, Tess, you can, uh, I don't know, get him. Can he meet Raph Epstein, your, your producer? <laughs> that's right. You can have coffee and cake with Raph. Uh, and I don't go, but it's that's everybody's dream. <laughs> <laughs> you got a photo of my puppy out for walks, which I'm now doing three times a day because I'm allowed to go out. So oh, There we go. I love it. I love oh. it. Um, uh, so, guys, if you like the uh, pod, uh, rate it. Tell some friends about it. And, um, yes. yeah, just generally uh, get involved. And um, there'll be more of this kind of rubbish every week until, uh, until footy comes back. Love it. So, um, so thank you, team. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Tess. Go, Tigs. Go, Dogs. Uh, and, Tess, what Bond film are you up to? I finished. I'm up to the, I'm up to the parody, the Peter Sellers parody. Um, of Casino Royale. Oh, <laughs> Casino Royale, right. Oh, okay. I'm up to no time to die. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And all the best to Kim Jong-un. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye, Podgy. It's uh, refreshing yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds, unbelievable. They wouldn't say die. That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight.